Hello and welcome to the Court Games. I'm calling it the Dead <laughs> Card Game Podcast right now. Uh, don't be uh, so dramatic. I mean, is the card game currently alive? <laughs> We're still releasing, and also, as long as people are playing it, it's still, you know, it's still a good game. Fair enough. Uh, I am joined here with, well, who am I? I am Trevor Cuba, a.k.a. Kikito Odimaru, uh, your host of this podcast. Max is not here because, you know what? Now that I think about it right now, I don't think I sent him a message, told him I was recording today. That's just the inconsiderate person that I am. Oops. <laughs> but, you know, the, everything's kind of crazy town these days. But you know who is here with me? Uh, game designer Tyler Parrott. Well, we're here just for some chill talks. Some, some oh, chill yeah. chats. Very, very fireside. Nice, chill, relaxed. No one's got any hostile emotions or anything. We're just all, we're, we're just dudes being pals. Hey, what's up? That was specific. <laughs> uh, well, there's nobody being around the bush too much. So the, the L5R card game, which you are the head designer of, has uh, come to a conclusion. Is that the word we're using it? It's concluded now? Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. I just want to bring you on here to do a, a bit of a post-mortem on post-mortem. I, I've, I've lost the ability to talk as well. Uh, yeah, just do a kind of wrap-up of the game and get your final thoughts out there for the community. Uh, I think you've shared most of what you thought about the situation uh, in the official article with you and Katrina. Uh, you've elaborated a little bit more on Twitter. But hey, I was figuring, I've got a platform, I've got a mic. Uh, what do you want to talk about? I like to talk. You don't have to. You don't have to twist my arm to get me in front of a microphone. <laughs> it did take about three weeks to get this, but that, that was mostly me procrastinating. I, I was going to say that uh, that was well. Don't take too much credit. You know, trying to schedule <laughs> anything, you would think it'd be easy because we haven't been able to leave our houses for a year. But still, somehow <laughs> life finds a way, right? I spent about a week and a half in a, like a depressed malaise trying to figure out where my life was going. But Tell me about it. Well, you know, you don't have to literally, but I agree with you. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anything on your mind about the conclusion of the L5R living, air quotes, card game you want to talk about? Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, such, a, such an open question when I've already had such such a exactly the same open question already presented to me um uh i guess a, a recap um the game is after the release of the um under fooling shadow the uh game will no longer be in production there won't be any of any future expansions uh that fantasy flight is releasing um as much as i hate to say it covid kind of destroyed all of our plans for uh, a sweet you know farewell organized play deal um mm. uh we had stuff planned and then COVID happened and then a lot of plans had to get thrown out <laughs> yeah, yeah. um uh, i'm excited for the 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 online web fiction that we're putting out right now to, to wrap up obviously we're doing a big voting uh, a March Madness style voting bracket. Um, yeah. <laughs> to let to let pe to let players as a collective maybe uh, have some input on how the final battle against Akuma no Oni goes down. Um, this is the kind of stuff that we that takes so much more work than it looks like uh, that it 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 really 
it was a struggle to get something on this scale to happen before uh, the end of the line. And now that the line is ending, uh, Katrina and I were able to get the support we needed to make something as exciting. Yeah, it's great. Now, in the in the game's Twilight, uh, me and Max got everything we wanted. He's getting a Shadowlands faction. I'm getting more uh, community input into the story and lore. It's great. <laughs> it is. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, uh, I wish it, it was a little bit more smooth than this, and it was not going down quite so uh, abruptly. Um, mm, mm. But unlike AEG, Fantasy Flight n- was... Always, I mean, I know AEG did have other projects, but uh, they had fewer other projects um, mm. than Fantasy Flight has ever had. Fantasy Flight has always been a board game company making board games, uh, of mm. which card games was a part, rather than uh, the card games being the top uh, uh, priority. Or any, I should say, any specific card game being the top priority. Yeah, if we're if we're if we're if we're waxing nostalgic on Pat, especially the AEG era where we could like where none of us are like bound by contracts to say anything, I could say like, oh yeah, uh AEG, while they had L five R as their main bread and butter, it was like the thing that kept them aloft, but also the thing that limited them in a lot of ways. That's what I and, heard. And yes. and in a way that was like beneficial for the company, but bad detrimental to L five R the brand under their era. Uh, they took a lot of, they, and Zinzer has posted this publicly, uh, they took a lot of the um, profits from that game and used it to a seed to start some of their other things. So the AEG as a company could have a more diverse portfolio other than we're the company that makes that one game. Right. Because so. no company wants to be the company that makes the one game. Even, I mean, even Wizards of the Coast, right? Uh, everyone thinks of them as the magic company and the D&D company, but... Recently, they launched, uh, in the last, like, three years, they launched and sunset a Transformers card game. Uh, mm-hmm. Going all the way back to the beginning, they had games like Robo Rally and, uh, and Original Netrunner. Like, um, the idea that a company would only make one game and they would be solely dedicated to the promotion and expansion and events of that one game is actually kind of... I'm gonna, it's even more than unusual. It's like almost unrealistic. Yeah, uh, me and some other podcasts in the various L5R community, we've been t- talking about the death of L5R of this version of the card game specifically. Let me choose my words carefully. Um, in kind of the broader spectrum of how a such an analog game exists in a modern era where things are going digitally where things are being crowdfunded and kickstarted uh just the dynamic nature like the future of card games as we know it like the big three is not going to go away magic's not going to go away pokemon's not going to go away Yu-Gi-Oh's not going to go away uh because they have crazy money behind them and stuff but uh the future of tcg card games like it's kind of up in the air for a lot of factors oh absolutely um we are right now going through the, I'll say, transition. I we uh, the the card game industry is going through the uh, the transition pains that really began about five years ago, um, and and really kind of not exacerbated but uh, escalated uh, when Legends of Runeterra hit, um, because now there's 
two plus. Well, and like remember, uh, there's 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 two plus. Um, I guess three because honestly, Magic Arena counts. There's three big digital card games right now, right? There's there's Hearthstone Arena and and Runeterra. Uh, mm. There's also bi- the the big three analog games, right? Uh, you listed Magic, Pokemon, and Yu Gi Oh. I know why Magic and Pokemon are good. I'll be honest. I have no idea why Yu-Gi-Oh! continues to be such a huge, you know, industry-leading game after all this time. But it is. But uh, mostly, and this is me being like super third wheel. I only know about it secondhand. But uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Kind of like Pokemon, although not to the extreme, uh, extreme degree, still gets a lot of play because they have so many cartoons. Um, yeah. You know, the, car- the, the, the games and cartoons feed, you know, things people into... Pokemon and then Yu-Gi-Oh! I don't even know if there's a Yu-Gi-Oh! anime out right now. There probably is, but it's got a legacy. Um, yeah, because uh, I was going to say, my understanding of the the reason that Yu-Gi-Oh! is as popular as it is, is entirely because of the anime. Like, the, the, the fact that the anime teaches people how to play the game and also promotes the game in a very, you know, 1980s kind of way, is very directly responsible for the amount of people who play it and the, the way that those players play it. Which is to say, it's it's much more it's less of a convention or local game store game. It's not a it like taught you know with Magic for example, it's very common for a big majority of people. Or I don't actually that might not even be true about Magic anymore. Anyway, uh, with Magic, it's common for people to go to their game store to play with strangers or to a convention to play with a lot of strangers. Right? Yu Gi Oh doesn't have that as much. But it because it has the TV show, the the anime, or at least it did. I don't know if it still does. Probably still does. Uh, it has a much more consistent at home presence. Um, and Pokemon obviously has the entire the entire franchise is built around collecting. So the idea of like I can I can name d- dozens of people that would buy Pokemon cards with no intention of playing the game. Um, and honestly, that's that's why that's exactly why pokemon is as successful as it is because at the end of the day your game needs to be profitable and if pokemon can be profitable in ways other than just playing the game then that's to its benefit <laughs> yeah I've, I've always been amazed at how pokemon has stayed relevant among that like fifth to sixth grader age group as we're all getting older we get to the part where like our kids or our nephews will come home from school one day inevitably and be like hey guys have you heard of this pokemon thing it's super cool and we just stand up and just like i will destroy you in pokemon child you don't even know (laughs) (laughs) well it's funny um when sword and shield came out uh i was seeing so much fervor online about the various flaws of what is honestly one of the better pokemon games that they've made um and at the end of the day it it really to my mind came down to the uh, the fact that they haven't really fundamentally changed the formula in what almost 20 years Um, Mm -hmm. like sword and shield is fundamentally the same game that i played when i was you know in sixth grade um it's just fancier and there's more of them uh, and so Pokemon co- has continued to be relevant because it hasn't tried to, it has, it has successfully done the, uh, it has successfully continued to hit its target audience, which is young children. And the nostalgia has kept the 
old, you know, the people in my generation tuned into it. So it's kind of really got the best of both worlds where there's the, the people in my generation who played it when we were kids who still care about Pokemon because we played it when we were kids. You also have people who are currently, you know, eight years old who are just as passionate about Pokemon as I was when I was eight years old. They just happen to be playing Sword and Shield instead of Red and Blue. And because they're fundamentally the same game, the reasons that I loved Red and Blue are the same reasons that this generation loves Sword and Shield. Uh, and so it's it's almost like they've just said, let's just keep remaking the same game, you know, for generations because it will continue to, to connect with kids. Um, which is just a long way of saying... Pokemon has continued to be relevant because it has continued to cater to kids. Um, mm. And I don't well, what know. What do you think L5R fans are? <laughs> almost any franchises that have so single-mindedly done that. Um, mm. Certainly not in a way that's worked out. <laughs> mm. No, uh, uh, what I was going to say earlier is that between you have those two sort of uh, big three, you know, big digital card games and big analog card games. And then in the middle, you have all of these smaller games that are trying to innovate in various ways and certainly games are learning from each other uh to a certain extent but and also you see a lot of really wild and innovative ideas like uh the the concept that um oh what was it it was a warhammer fantasy card game that was out for a little bit and one of the premises was the border of each card was essentially a qr code that you could scan with a a camera that would import that card into your digital collection. They really leaned hard, hard into this. We're going to have a digital version of the game and a physical version of the game. And, uh, and they will be one-to-one -one related. Like my physical collection will be the same as my digital collection. Um, I feel like Pokemon was doing the exact same thing not too long ago. Maybe currently, I don't know. I don't follow uh, that closely. Pokemon has a, Pokemon has had a similar version for a while um they also have had a digital version of the game which is fine um and they've had that version for quite some time the difference there is that when you buy a pack the pack has a code and you put in the code that gives you a pack online so it's like if i buy a pack of cards i will get a physical pack and a digital pack but each pack might have different contents um so my investment stays the same but my collections are, are maybe different um which is the difference between that and the whatever the Warhammer Fantasy one was, which was like literally I'm scanning this specific card to make the, and I think they even had it was really wild and innovative, but it was it super didn't work out for them. Um, but the uh, there was a I, I want to say there was some kind of like direct digital element of gameplay where there was some digital implementation of the normal gameplay, but. I I never played the game, so maybe I shouldn't be spe shouldn't be throwing all this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I could comment. I'm not half understood facts around. <laughs> <laughs> the closest thing I can think of is uh, when I was living in Japan. They have like arcade culture is still massive over there, and oh, some nice. of their bigger arcades, especially the Gundam ones specifically, um, would be a pseudo card game because they would distribute starter decks and cards as part of playing the virtual game. And it was weird because it would come in like a plastic uh, binder and you would put like your five cards, like it'd be like your mech, your pilot, some parts on there. You would fold this plastic little container up, 
place it on the board game or on the arcade cabinet and it would digitally read everything on there and make a mech that you can then control that is via the game unbelievably wild i love it <laughs> Uh, getting further, further away from L5R, but like we're you're talking about, like yeah, the 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 innovation and how things are changing, and also the nature of how you know not just in board games or even media, I would say the idea that once something becomes the big dog in the room, nothing else can compete. Like I don't play World of Warcraft, but I do know everyone who plays World of Warcraft kind of is disappointed with it and would want something better than it and stuff. But it's so big that nothing else can really compete. And then the more someone goes there and tries to compete with it, World well, Warcraft will just steal all of its best features into itself. And then people who are playing games are like, oh, this art new MMO is pretty neat. You know what? It reminds me of World of Warcraft. And then they just go back to that thing. Yep. You see that with so MMOs. Many times you see I that have... with... Uh... One of my one of my best friends is super into MMOs, and so every once in a while he'll be like, "Oh, this is the sweet new MMO that I just learned about," and we'll look at it, and we might even play it for a hot second, um, but like it it never it it rarely sticks, uh, for for whatever reason, um, and certainly, like the 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 thing that keeps people coming back to World of Warcraft and Magic: The Gathering specifically are the entrenched. Uh, history of those two games um and specifically because of how multiplayer those two games are like you can play world of warcraft solo but honestly it's not going to hold up very well if you do uh, mm. it really means that if i want to go play a massively multiplayer game i'm gonna go to the game with the most players and the game with the most players is always going to be wow and magic right mm -hmm. um if I'm if I'm not playing those games, then I'm specifically playing a game because I like that specific game, and I am, and and I am sacrificing multiplayer value for whatever the specific game value is. Um, mm. The problem is games don't get made for small audiences, <laughs> so uh, it's it's hard to sustain. Like I still absolutely adore the original secret world game they relaunched it in 2017 i think um and that one kind of landed real flat uh but like that game had issues at launch uh, uh shortly after launch it didn't pick up traction the way it needed to and so uh it stopped the stu the the developer studio stopped investing in it and lo and behold people stopped playing it or just cuz mm. like if 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 something yeah, because if people aren't, if it's not being aggressively marketed, then people aren't going to play it or aren't going to know about it. And so how are they going to get mm. into it? Right. Absolutely. Um, and that was the issue that that game had. And that was easily, you know, one of my top video games of all, of all time, personally. Yeah, we go, we go, we go, we go relay these messages so much to L5R. It'd be like, for the audience to be clear and stuff, uh, this conversation is almost inherently, no, it's because Tyler has information as you know the head of the game that he is not at liberty to publicly share and stuff and i could sit here with my questions and be like oh what about this for l5r and stuff which in my heart of hearts i feel like oh i've got some questions to ask it would be unfair for tyler personally or professionally to even engage such a conversation so i mean just... you can ask the questions and i can say i won't answer that but that doesn't make for very good <laughs> podcasting <laughs> yeah <laughs> um 
No, what I was going to say about L5R, though, is that uh, because of get, you know getting back to what we had discussed earlier about this kind of being a transitional period for the industry, uh, mm. we're at this period where a lot of people are trying a lot of things. But the thing about trial is that trial usually goes with error. And error mm. doesn't mean that the game was bad. Um, mm. Error just means the game didn't wasn't wasn't perfect uh and because any flaw is going to hinder its market success in a market that is frankly flooded with content um mm. it's it's kind of mind-boggling to think about how many new games have come out in the past like five years in comparison to maybe the entire uh, uh 1900s right mm. like it's, I'm sure I'm being, you know, uh, hyperbolic, but I don't know. There were a lot of games that came out in the last 20 years uh, compared to the la the hundred years before that. Um, mm. And, and in such a flooded market, it's how many board games have you seen kickstarted or on a shelf and maybe you've played it and it's just been a great game. It's like super smooth the theme is cool you can get it down with your friends maybe even all your friends love it you guys play it for like two weeks and then the next hotness comes out and the next thing you know you haven't played that sweet game in like six months like that's... oh i i'm it, so for among board gamers it's very uh, common to start a board game group like hey every friday well before before the coronavirus we'd like every friday we're gonna get together and we're gonna play some board games and i was notoriously a curmudgeon in these groups because i would say like i want to play the same games over and over again because in this board game renaissance that we're kind of li been living in for the last decade or so um people who are board game enthusiasts love to like hey i've got this hot new board game let's crack this thing open let's spend a couple hours learning how to play it we're gonna play it two or three times and stuff and right when we like kind of got a grasp of the rules well let's just yeet this into garbage because i got a brand new board game to play yep. and it'd be a perpetual cycle of like we're always starting new board games and i don't got like can we just play a game that we know how to play more than one time <laughs> it's it's <laughs> you know it's I mean? uh it's remarkable because like uh, you know you think back to when uh i want to say I, I i'm gonna tell a story and i'm fairly confident it, it it is tied to pandemic legacy was maybe the first big legacy game um yeah when um, it was pitched. The first legacy I know of was, uh, 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 no, the Risk Legacy. Yes, Risk Legacy. That's I've got one. like five copies of Risk yeah, Legacy. Yeah. I love that game. Uh, Risk Legacy. It was, it was pitched. And, uh, in, and it was like, here's this idea where uh, here's a game that it, you're not, that like the game, you're not done playing the game until you've played it like six or eight or 12 times. And mm. the response is, my God, you need to play this game six or eight or 12 times to play the game? And then... The, the the developer with the pitch was like, yeah, that means my game is going to get played six or eight or 12 times instead of two, right? Like, uh, so now think about that, that game, that, that market or that, uh, that dynamic, uh, now apply that to card games. Cause what happens in board games happens in card games. Like, um, there are dozens of excellent card games out there and it's and and a lot of them are very innovative and doing you know interesting cool things i've seen a lot 
of of excitement over uh is it is it blood and steel um shoot i should have known something i've heard of yeah i just saw someone talk about posting or kickstarting that or flesh and blood that's the one uh okay flesh and blood super hot right now uh have i have i played it yes is it fun yes i have you know my own personal uh it's not like exactly hitting what i want i have my own you know uh, uh, issues with the game not that it's a bad game just that it doesn't hit me in all the right places um, mm-hmm. and it's doing interesting cool things uh, with um, how it's distributed or uh, uh, how it's collated in packs and, and you know the gameplay cycle is, re- is, is compelling um, it makes for a good game uh, how long is it going to last I don't know the the developers barely know like they're going to keep printing it as long as it keeps being profitable but there's no assumption that it's going to go on indefinitely um mm. and i think that with l5r specifically it was kind of the last holdout of this old school style of all of our card game will go on indefinitely um that since l5r came out the industry has kind of realized is a foolish idea to have on the onset even ashes only exists now because uh team covenant who are essentially fans um admittedly fans with a big business attached but they come from the position of fans uh ashes only exists because fans essentially uh worked out a way to co-fund the continuation of that game and again when you look at how ashes is being distributed it's entirely print on demand like Mm -hmm. they will only print cards if they have a guarantee that they will have enough revenue from it to warrant the printing of those cards every expansion is conceivably the last expansion um, Mm -hmm. up until they decide that it's worth it to make the next expansion um and smaller studios can do that right like you can have a four-person team like that's how flesh and blood works Uh, as far as i understand it's a small studio in australia or something like that and they make and it's like you know maybe four to six maybe it's more than more now but it's a small handful of people who make this game and they keep making it as long as they can keep profit getting revenue from it um it's the bigger the studio is the harder it is to sort of operate on that product to product scale because a bigger studio is going to have to manage larger print orders and also they're going to have to think farther ahead in the future and like you can't react as quickly when you're a big studio versus when you're a little tiny studio yeah Uh, ag like for better or worse it's the way it was able to handle l5r the way it handled it is most because it was a game that was 90% directed uh, to one company or to one game. Right. Um, it, it lived and died on the one, on the one game and like everything else would take to the back burner. Uh, and then actually uh, you could point to as soon as it was not like the, like 80% of the resources going to that one thing, as soon as it dipped down to 70 is when that thing struggled. So, yep. Yep. Um, and I know I'm, I'm probably addressing a point that you're going to want to talk about later, but uh, whatever, we'll talk about it now. Um, <laughs> the thing about L5R specifically is that, yes, it's sad that this L5R card game, it won't be produced anymore. That's because of market pressures for various reasons. Um, and yes, it's a great game. 
it will continue to be a great game. People can continue to play it. Fans can continue to uh, create their own cards, run their own events. Even if the even if the L5R community doesn't get something as large in scale and um, and uh, and consistent as Project Nisei with Netrunner, mm. so long as people are still playing the game and creative people are enjoying making cards and playing those cards with their friends, the game is still a good game and it is still getting played. Which at the end of the day is all you can really ask for is that your game be played by people. Um, mm. The L5R IP, on the other hand, has a great future. Like, we, as a studio, as uh, Fantasy Flight, Asmodee, did not acquire the IP to make just this game. The IP mm. is much, much larger than just this game. Um, mm. And it will continue to have good things to look forward to. They just won't be this specific card game. Sure. Uh, what, but my, my knee-jerk response, and this is my, my on one hand, my armchair, you know, game company developer, someone who's never actually worked in the game company at all. Uh, <laughs> however, someone who has been intimately familiar with this property, particularly for about 15 plus years now. <laughs> I like to think I have some kind of insight on it and stuff. Sure. Um, it's been my experience that... Um, like you, you mentioned a lot of things about like games and novelty and how the mechanics uh, lead up to a game. I don't know if that really, at the end of the day, leads up to that much of what the core of the game experience, like the 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 I don't know the word I'm thinking about, but like the core experience of the takeaway. Because I've said before, where if L5R was a poker tournament. Mm-hmm. And if I could just fly to Texas and go to a poker tournament and register, you know, as Kikita Onimaru of the Crane Clan, and when I win that poker tournament, uh, I get add <laughs> oh, points how presumptuous towards of the you. Crane Clan. Uh, I'll be... <laughs> I've never. I only win at this game when it's dying. Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh no! Oh no! But uh, but that's like I think that speaks to like what really the game is and stuff because. Um, point figures anything like I, I is this my favorite version of l5r no but even if i'm really thinking about it was the old version of the l5r card game my favorite version no it had a lot of rooms to improve and stuff but it, like l5r was never really l5r it was the community and the experience so as long as there's a, a reason for me to fly to texas or vancouver or wherever and meet up with a bunch of l5r buddies and talk about this game and interact with the ip in a meaningful way well, that's all I really want at the end of the day and stuff. Um, and I sometimes I think when people think about like cards and how successful they are or like what the future is, or what the past was, like the actual mechanics, like who cares about Rally? Rally sure, didn't break sure. the game. Uh, a lot of people care about Rally, but you know, they're allowed to. <laughs> you know, the, the, removing dueling is not going to suddenly make this game like a multi-billion dollar hit, you know. <laughs> Um, it's those experiences, it's, uh, finding what is unique about the property. And I always think like L5R is legacy is not the cards. It is, it's a massive mega game. It is, here is a living story, not a living game, a living story that the fans interact with. And I think that as long as, uh, that is the core that gets held, then the game will always live. Yes, anyway. uh, I, I I agree with that sentiment. It's such a easy thing to say and such a 
nigh impossible thing to actually achieve. Um, in the context of like an interactive mega story is almost its own game, let alone there to also be a card game attached to it. Like, obviously, in retrospect, there's a lot of things I would have done differently uh, were I in the position to, to, to do them um, with regards to how the game and the story interacted and how the story was maybe presented or... Uh, 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 I, I can't be too specific, obviously, because it's entirely hypothetical and I could say something awesome and everyone would be like, oh, we missed out. And I'm like, I don't... It doesn't do anyone good for me to you know speculate on something that maybe when we got to it wouldn't have been possible anyway. I couldn't tell you the number of ideas I've had of like, this is going to be awesome. And then we try to implement it and it turns out to not be possible. So we don't do it and you never hear about it. Right. Um, but the idea of the legacy of L5R being this interactive story is true and correct. And also maybe why it feels so frustrating that various specific attempts at engaging with that have missed. Um, because it's so much more nebulous and difficult to to execute on versus just make a good card game or make a good board game or whatever. Uh, oh, we just we just had one of those situations happen uh, just yesterday or the day before, uh, where uh, in this like Twilight of L5R, FFG has put out a number of uh, fan interactive contests, which are really cool. We're going to talk about those in a little uh, bit. But one of them, uh, the first one is supposed to be a fan fiction contest that people were really looking forward to. But for, I'll say, circumstances, um, got axed at the last little bit. Yep, unfortunately, you can, you, you can dust around that as you as you as you need to. But yeah, I was gonna say, I, I unfortunately I can't speak to it in the way that maybe you or I would like. Um, other than to say, I was very excited for that contest, and I am very disappointed that it had to be uh, canceled at the last minute. Um, and also, I know there was there's some you know like conspiracy speculation that the reasons given uh, by our marketing team as to why it had to get canceled at the last minute. Uh, there's some like conspiracy theory that like it, that's just a cover. No, no, no. I, I don't fully understand it. And I also can't be too specific other than to say there is a specific law that specifically said we can't do that. And it was in the way that laws often are arcane and, uh, and not well known. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to uh, talk about projects that we're trying to keep on the wraps right now. I'm trying to do something right now that I just announced on Facebook, which is like, oh, I've got a lot of ideas of what I would like to do for a charity fundraiser. There is a surprising amount of weird loopholes to jump through. Why can't I just receive money, give sub, give organization money, be done, walk away? Oh no, it's not nearly that simple. It's because nobody trusts you, and I trust you, but I'm not the person. You know, I should say, uh, the the government doesn't trust just any old person <laughs> to uh, be honest about running a charity, and unfortunately, that makes it a huge, huge, huge headache. Um, mm, mm. 
in the in the nature this is on my list but in the nature of fan interactions and you dealing with speculation how well I'm trying to figure out a word this because i say like how on the ball have people's general speculations been because general speculation has been kind of all over the place right but um um for those of us who like to pay like weekend armchair ceo um uh, so I'm going to think about this question. The more we can't answer it, can we? <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just gonna interrupt and say I don't think I know enough of the speculation to uh, answer that question in a meaningful way. Um, but also, I mean, people are usually more often wrong than right. There's going to be a handful of people who happen to be right by sheer luck. Um, but for the most part, but uh, but I can't really speak to it because. Honestly, honestly, I, I'm not so omnipotent or omniscient as to know what all the fans are speculating at any given time. <laughs> I put it this way. How often do you see someone go on the social medias and go like, I know how to fix this uh, property. And you will just sit there with your insider knowledge and know like, oh, no, we were explicitly told that can never, ever, ever happen. Oh, <laughs> by the uh, Pentagon. <laughs> I see that a lot, but not for the reason you just said. I see a lot of people say, oh, you could easily do thing X to solve the problem or to whatever, do better or whatever. And it's, and inevitably always I can think, I will think to myself, yeah, I maybe even specifically considered that, but what you are suggesting is physically impossible for reasons that you don't even know about. Um, it's less of a, I'm not allowed to do the thing and more of a, your good idea and well-intentioned idea will 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 run into the reality of how things get made and will ultimately fail. <laughs> have have people been kind to you and the other folks over FFG during this whole process? Uh I know the people are kind of upset in general, we'll say. Yes. Uh, but I think like even your like most ardent critics are just like, oh this wasn't Tyler's fault. This wasn't Katrina's fault. This wasn't Organizer's play fault. Uh, uh, people, people have been, people have been very uh, kind and supportive to uh, us, the individuals, which admittedly is honestly a surprise and a, mm. a very pleasant one at that. <laughs> Not that uh, I expect less from the L5R community, but more that I expect less than that from the internet. It kind of goes back to my uh, weird armchair CEO comments and stuff like uh, some of us have been in the community for a while or just in the general TTRPG slash card game sphere. It's like, I don't know all the information, but we know, you know, we know the smell of the game well enough to know, like, who's the actual blame for this. And generally speaking, what's going on, you know? Yeah, the the the, um, to the the slightly previous question about ideas that turned out to be impossible. Um, there are a lot of things that even I have attempted to do. Uh, and certainly that, you know, Katrina has attempted to do where a, a good idea turned out to be so much harder than, um, than expected. Like there are an unbelievably large number of complications for even something as simple as getting a web fiction published, let alone getting an interactive event to run smoothly. <laughs> mm, mm. Which is not to say that, you know, we're not trying and also not to say that we didn't work very hard to make certain things like the twine fiction, which was a, 
a, a big um, passion project that I was mostly doing um, with uh, some sort of overhead support from Katrina. Um, and right now, uh, the Battle of Cherry Blossom Snow, which is Katrina's big project that I'm providing support for, right? Like, uh, the, the, the big cool ideas can happen. They're just so much harder to do than you might think they are. Mm-hmm. Well, going back to uh, AEG, even with, like we were saying before, it was a company that was like mostly living on the heels of one game, being L5R, it was still massively fan-supported, where fans would be the ones volunteering at the events, fans would be the ones running tournaments, fans would be the volunteers running the store mm-hmm. sometimes. And the most people who would become official either employees or official members of the various production or staff teams of there and stuff came from the fan community. I think from day one, uh, fantasy flight has said that like, Oh, that's nice, but we are not interested in having that kind of support slash really. We can't for a number of legal reasons. Yeah. I was actually just going to butt in there and say, I think a lot of the things that AEG did would not be legal now. Like, uh, in the wake of things like when the uh, Magic the Gathering judges took Wizards of the Coast to court, that fundamentally changed how card game studios and industry and uh, businesses interact with volunteer work, like across the board. Mm. Um, that, that was that's what that was a, a thing that's been cited very many times early on about why FFG was hesitant to doing those things. That's why. Um, for all the Kotai seasons, you guys always hired a separate company to come in to professionally be contracted to run certain events. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, can you give a rundown of what the magic uh, incident was from your point of view? I mean, I don't. I know almost no details, so this is going Probably to be very high level so, and succinct. Yeah. But the basic gist of it was Magic the Gathering had a judge program that they had for a long time. And, I, and they still technically have it in a slightly different capacity, um, whereby people could uh, prove that they were knowledgeable enough about the rules of Magic the Gathering that they were authorized to be judges at events. And so they were essentially sanctioned volunteers. Um, and because judging an event is a lot of work, trust me, I know I've done it, uh, they would get various perks. Um, they would get... Um, uh special promote special promo cards and uh there were there was i think a handful of other things that i'm not gonna pretend that i know what they are but i know that they exist uh there were various perks shall we say um and in some cases they were even contracted uh but at at uh, at some point enough of them came together and said you know we're doing the work of employees but we're not getting the benefits of employees. We should be treated. We should be uh, compensated as employees. And of course, Wizards of the Coast was not about to shell out a significantly larger sum of money and some of that money going towards, you know, non-monetary benefits like healthcare. Uh, those uh, base and, and it, it came down to, we should be, we are, we are employees. You should compensate us as such. And Wizards saying, you are not employees and we will not compensate you as such, which fundamentally changed the way that volunteers interact with events 
based organizations in the gaming sphere because if we aren't strict about it then maybe we are going to get taken to court by our volunteers and we don't want that to happen so like maybe let's just not have the risk of that um yeah and all the l5r uh lawyers are duelists (laughs) that's not something you want to play with (laughs) right yeah, because I've been uh, a few of us have been to events where we would practically beg anyone who would listen to us, like, please let us run the event. We know what we like, we know it can help, but we're so much, like, frankly, more qualified for it. It's like, I wish I could let you help me. <laughs> I wish. Absolutely, yeah. Um, there is, uh, there is, uh, if the if the game were larger and it's funny that i say that because magic the gathering is larger and their judge program is so fundamentally different now um like there was a short time when i did have aspirations to be effectively a air quotes sanctioned ffg judge right this was before l5r i i would have been it on different games because i was that player who was that invest that involved in the game and understood the rules better than most uh but but that judge program never got off the ground for exactly the reason I just described, right? Yeah, it's a, it's frustrating, but like I said, we all we we understood. Yeah, which is which is mostly just you know to to end cap the topic. The gaming industry is fundamentally changing. It has been and it will continue to, um, mm. and that's kind of natural and the point, right? Like. Uh, the, the, the hope is that we are ahead of the curve, not behind the curve. Um, hmm. And while, and you know, when you're a studio as big as Fantasy Flight Games, some, some specific games will be ahead of the curve and some specific games will be behind the curve. And which, which games are ahead or behind the curve will depend on where the curve is and the curve is shifting. Hmm. Um, so I... I don't know what's uh, what the next big hotness is. I have some hopes and speculations, um, but that's part of why studios now are beginning to realize that you can't beat Magic at Magic's game. Even mm. Magic isn't beating Magic at Magic's game. I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but... People know I am a fan of Magic and I play a lot of it. And they just announced that they are fundamentally changing what Magic is. Hmm. So, like, even even the the baseline of the industry of the you know card game industry is not a stable thing. Is not something that is forever. Is not something that can be expected to continue. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm I'm grateful that L5R got to be what it is. I wish it could have been longer. I have a lot of ideas for what I was going to do next. Um, mm. But I would rather it... I would rather it end before people feel like it should have rather than have it end the way, frankly, Call of Cthulhu the card game did when there were... 30 people at the final event. And I know L5R mm. doesn't get a final event because of the pandemic, but I feel very strongly that mm. 
if we were slash are able to run a final L5R event and don't take this to be any confirmation because first of all, I'm not in events. Second of all, I'm dubious that Gen Con's going to happen. So, you know, take that for what it is. (laughs) Uh, I believe that we would have multiple hundreds of people, you know, at the final L5R event. And Mm. I would rather that be the case than the game continue to go past the point when people. Yeah. I actually kind of hope that uh, there's no final L5R worlds because my temptation to just show up and just be a jerk (laughs) is very strong. (laughs) Uh, I mean, you know, I I, I get that. It's like, well, Trevor, you've been arrested. It was worth it. Great clan. <laughs> Crank clan for life. <laughs> um, so um, for the immediate future, because I know game positions shape, especially this day and age and stuff, are you still the L5R czar? Because up until now, when, we, when the game was still a healthy running thing, like you were head developer, head, head story team with Katrina being overall story person but you were had l5r specific story person and were very involved in what was going to be organized play are you still that guy or what's going on there uh i mean the short answer is kind of uh i'm certainly the head of anything l5r lcg related um Mm. katrina is really the head of uh i mean she was my superior in the sort of l5r story context so technically Mm. she was more of the l5r czar than i was but uh given the way that workloads landed you know i tended to do more of the hands-on stuff because i had the time to do it but she had uh she has more than enough you know passion and investment to make l5r a priority so that's why she was continued to be as involved as, as she has been um, Don't have to take anything away from you, but when uh, Fantasy Flight launched L5R and they put uh, Katrina out, because L5R is specific because it's so many different things to so many different people. Mm-hmm. So it was such a worry that someone would be able to get it right lore wise. And so when Katrina showed up, like all of us was like, oh, we, we could smell our own here, you know? <laughs> yes. And I think, and, and, you know, personally, I think. Katrina was instrumental in uh, our reimagining of L5R being as good as it is. Uh, I think without her, we would have, our our L5R products would have been universally worse. Um, but fortunately, we had her, right? Uh, but anyway, that's uh, that's long to say. A lot of that is to say uh, there, is, there, there isn't so much a single czar, or mm. I don't... I'm, not, I'm going to try to avoid using that word. There is not so much a <laughs> single head of L5R uh, anymore. Certainly not in the way that that I was maybe a, a year or two ago. Um, mm. Because now that, now that Katrina is in the position she's in, there is more ability to have more collaborative engagement with the IP on a development level. Um, that's that's about all I can say uh, in in this context. Obviously, I still am the point person for the LCG because I have been, and no one else knows the game as well as I do at this point. <laughs> uh, what are what? Give me some hope. I've been. I, I'm. I'm. I'm a miserable, depressed person. The game I love is dying. 
what can I look forward to from L5R? Give me some hope. Give me a reason to fly to Texas. Uh, I'm going to speculate here. We're we're going to get... Like, you don't have to answer these questions. Blink twice if I'm right, but we're going to get an L5R board game. We're going to get an L5R co-op game. You know uh, what? Maybe this is my crystal ball, but the company that really likes to make board games and co-op games with a crap load of tokens might make a board game and a co-op game uh, I with will, a crap load of tokens. I'll throw you two bone. I'll throw you one bone. That Yeah, I'll throw you one bone, um, but it's a pretty okay. big bone. Um, the bone is that uh, the bone is that Legend of the Five Rings is not an L5R brand. It is an Asmodee brand. Asmodee has many studios. One of those studios, you know, it's it's Aconite. Uh, mm-hmm. Aconite, oh, and Edge, uh, right? Like, Aconite yep, and yep. Edge are going to continue making L5R stuff. Uh, so far, it's been going great for them. Um, I am actively excited about everything I've seen, you know, all of the behind-the-scenes stuff I have, uh, all of the behind-the-scenes view I have on Aconite has me unbelievably excited. Um, okay. Additionally, uh, L5R does not need to be... Uh, L5R can expand uh, in almost every direction. It's just a matter of who does it, how they do it, when they do it, and can they do it, right, for various reasons. Mm. Um, so L5R has a has a very bright future uh, as a as a brand um, is what I'll say. Okay. Yeah. And How certainly cost? the 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 lore and story elements of it I can very directly say are going to continue to be great because I've seen them being continued to be great. <laughs> Actually, that's a, so you can maybe clarify. I don't know how much you can, but the the novels that Akinai has been working on have been kind of like not timeline uh, agnostic, but kind of like in a very vague sense of the thing. Of as opposed to um, what I was commenting on on the Elf, uh, the Court Games RPG podcast was one of the things that we're losing with no longer having a active LCG. Um, one of the things that you had mentioned to me a couple years ago was that the LCG was like a timekeeper. Like, the yes. story needs to be at this point, at this point, to match up with this product. With the LCG not having a clicking talk, uh, uh, clock as a timekeeper anymore, uh, how are the storylines going to progress further and stuff? We're going to have this event, but, you know, what happens after we're gonna get a day of thunder <laughs> uh that's a good question um uh to clarify aconite's novels have so far been intentionally set in the vague rpg timeline of early 1123 or late 1122 basically like basically right before the lcg web fiction series begins in sort of this nebulous time of well we know what the status quo is and we're going to interact with that we're not going to try to interact with specific events or specific plot points or specific moments um nothing is guaranteed uh in that or i should say uh the the doors are open for any producer of lore and fiction and story to establish either their own sort of uh, serial timeline 
or to continue the serial timeline that we have been running with this with the scorpion clan coup i'm not going to tell you that it is definitely happening i'm not going to tell you who who would be doing it if they were uh and i certainly wouldn't be telling you what it would look like um but i am going to say we're at this as the l5r lcg storyline comes to a close we are at the position of now we can kind of go anywhere so keep your eyes out fair enough as much as i could follow up on that question <laughs> fair enough <laughs> i i do hope um whether it's from aconite from edge or maybe a hybrid of the two um i do hope and i said this from day one um if the property can find ways for more fan interaction uh because i think this whole situation uh that's just the, the the life death and birth of the game um but like what you're able to the, the struggles you've talked about of like trying to get your ideas to fruition uh a lot of things going on i think there's only so much that ffg slash asthma day can really do from a corporate standpoint and like the fan interaction has is and always has been l5r's lifeblood and getting ways for fans to interact more directly or indirectly it's especially in a world where we have things like um organized play systems coming from like pathfinder and dungeons and dragons with like the dm's guild and what you know there's ways to do this stuff you know yes. and to be more or less officially um i think that really is the lifeblood of what's going to go forward and i hope <laughs> uh the powers that be find a way to make that possible going forward in the future yeah i have a i have a a lot of opinions and ideas about that uh that i will save in case they are important later because <laughs> <laughs> i think we both know like we could name a handful of people from the l5r community who right now has more stories than ffg could come up with in a year <laughs> <laughs> well and but that's that's true of any fan community like sure uh i've i've been a fan of of various you know um uh, franchises for long enough to be to know that like i mean i'll out myself i wrote i probably personally wrote more uh i'll describe it as uh, halo role-playing fan fiction because i was on a a forum based role playing um, community uh, for several years. I probably wrote more in that than there was published material during that time period, like total. And that was just me, right? Let alone everyone else I was playing with. So it's very normal for a fan community to have an overwhelming amount of, of fan content. Some of which is frankly excellent um, because you don't have to be contracted or paid or even canonized uh, to have a great story in a, in a franchise. Hmm. Be honest. How much uh, Medicate Bias slash Grave Mind slash Fic have you written? Uh, fortunately, zero. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did almost write a like, uh, I got about halfway into it. Um, I did almost write a straight up revelations uh, end of end of the end of the um, universe 
like showdown between the flood and various uh spartan slash forerunner slash flood infected spartans who betrayed the flood like it was all sorts of weird and (laughs) mildly biblical (laughs) oh (laughs) jeez there's a there's a recently a uh a let's play of someone who's just now getting um into halo like a two decades later and stuff. And it wasn't until like halfway through the third game, he's realizing all these terms, Ark, Covenant, you know, that is like, wait, are we playing Bible games? Is this about the Bible? (laughs) They didn't get it from literally the first game? (laughs) No, ironically, it's it's, uh, uh, Wooly Madden from uh, Wooly Versus, the YouTube channel and stuff. And he comes from a very religious uh, background too. And it wasn't until like how were all the terms click. Because when you're sitting there, you're being flashed. And uh, one of the cool things is like the cool naming conventions of the ship. (laughs) Like Particular Justice. Who names a ship Particular Justice? That's baller as hell. Honestly, I'm shocked that he didn't get it from the very first game where like you're facing a religious hegemony called the covenant then you discover a world ending a universe ending threat called the flood and then in the second game you learn that the only way to survive it is with an ark like yeah i think it was like near the end of the second game is where it's like we all have to get to the ark he was like wait a minute wait a minute yeah yeah listen they're not subtle but honestly subtlety usually goes over people's heads Oh, yeah. Anyone who's been a dungeon master says you've got to be blatant as a sledgehammer. (sighs) Yep. Yep. And yet I still try to be subtle because I love doing literary analysis. So I love looking into the subtleties of things. And then I try to do subtle things and nobody gets it. And I'm like, oh, all righty then. We'll be less subtle with this one for the for the March Madness. Who's your money on? Who do you think is going to win? Oh, I'm fully uh, abstaining from this question because... I do not want to, uh, I have my opinions and I'm not going to tell you them because I want to, I don't want to, uh, uh, muddy the pool as it were. Mm. Uh, uh, how did these matchups come to be? Uh, I'm interested because like whoever I think is going to win, you know, some Korean stuff probably is going to win. Um, and I know these things kind of devolve into popularity contests, which is like, they were always going to be a popularity contest. Uh, who are we kidding and stuff? Uh, but some of these matchups, you're just like, how many of these guys are getting the, the hate votes? Yeah. <laughs> Your so, Tobo versus um, some random lion ancestor. <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't random. I'll tell you that much. Uh, we, we followed the sort of air quotes, normal seating pattern of the one that we think is going to win is in seed one and we seed them all based on how we think they're going to do so that we try to get seed one and seed two to face off in the finals. But everyone has different seeding patterns. And so like, I didn't, I was not, I'm not responsible for the final version, but it was kind of a, a conglomerate of everyone's opinions of who would do well and who would do poorly to try to make a partially seeded bracket. And then we structured it so that, uh, clans would face off against themselves at certain points, right? Um, uh, but the goal was that all of them would be, as many of them as possible would be exciting and popular with the caveat that like half the cast is up in Odosan Uchi fighting an entirely different battle. So like we kind of had to stretch it a little bit to get Matsusuko and Bayushi Yojiro there. But uh, mm. um but the intention is that 
all of them have some level of popularity. And also, I'm going to be honest, I fully expect my predictions to be entirely wrong. Um, because <laughs> while I think I can guess who people will like, I don't know who will win any specific matchup when you consider clan loyalty and clan popularity and spite votes and spite votes against a specific clan and like the like the like three-dimensional chess of L5R voting gets very unpredictable very fast. So I'm not going to try to think that I know what's going to happen. <laughs> As someone who's been down this road a couple of times, let me tell you, like, things are going to get freaking weird. <laughs> Honestly, I hope so. I want to be surprised. That sound, that's the most exciting to me. I know that freaking Little Peasant Boy has a big old, like, popular uh, fan base. And if they can get him into the finals, absolutely that would be thrilling. <laughs> To see here, I'm looking at like uh, Daidoji Uji versus Shinjo Shono. Like, come on. <laughs> Uji's going to lose to the popularity vote. Well, I don't know. It depends on uh, how many people like him because he looks like Shredder versus how many people like Shono because they read the novel and he's a sympathetic character. And the answer is, I don't know. It's a popularity contest. Uh, that's it. Yeah, I was, uh, was going to say, is there anything, is this supposed to be anything other than a popularity content? Like, it, it would always devolve to being such, but it's supposed to be some sort of pretense. Like, are these characters at one point facing off against one another in some sort of, like, background fiction that we're never going to see? No. Uh, okay. When you make a bracket, you immediately have to accept that it is only a popularity contest, and you just mm. go with it from there. Togashi's a god. <laughs> <laughs> um but that said like people don't always vote for the person who would win because sometimes it's fun to see the red horde uh, the 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 um the uh oh what's the the saying the like black sheep or whatever win oh the underdog yeah the unexpected one okay well, I look forward to seeing what's going to happen there. And hopefully we've got, uh, do we have any more legal repercussions we should know about for the, the, the costume contest and or the fan art contest? These things are still going good. Those are still going good, but also I'm not the person to ask. <laughs> Get legal on the team. <laughs> I mean, those are still going good. That is what I'm going to say. Freaking stewards of law always stopping you from doing things you want to. Yeah, I know. It's almost like they can shame you with just one card. <laughs> so, since the game is going away now, you could just like take Toshimako off the restricted list now, right? <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> I mean, you can't hurt anyone anymore. <laughs> just let them be free. No, but honestly, uh, one of the re I'll be I can I can openly admit now that like one of the reasons that I was encouraging people a year ago to start considering uh, fan run uh, more more intentional uh, conditions for fan run events was because I knew this was coming and I wanted people to to start thinking in that way because. I want this game to to continue. I want the the players to continue to um, advocate for and play and even continue producing content for this game. Um, and so, like, I almost 
am more interested. I'll, it, I'm still going to do one more balance update, you know, before mm. uh, uh, probably around the time of the of, of underfueling shadow, um, because then I can incorporate as much of the fifth cycle as I can. Uh, but like it all to me, it almost matters more what the fans want to do. Uh, if they mm. want to play with Toshimoko unrestricted, then I don't want to be the one telling them not, then they can't. <laughs> because at the I'll, end of only, the day... It's only me. No one, no one likes Toshimoko. <laughs> at the end of the day, I am not going to have the same authority over the game as I have had. Um, and so I want people to feel empowered to play the game that they want. Uh, to wrap us up and get us out of here, what are you working on now? I mean, I know you just recently you posted on Twitter that you are now working on Keyforge. So, and I mentioned this before, when do you get to stop picking up Brad Andrews' breadcrumbs and working your own projects? I mean, <laughs> when does the parent get to fly? <laughs> I mean, to, to, to be fair, Brad Andrews doesn't work at Fantasy Flight anymore, so uh, there aren't any... There aren't breadcrumbs for me to pick up, um, although uh, he did lay the foundation for the Keyforge adventures that I ju- that were just announced um, that are coming out in about a month, maybe a, maybe five weeks, um, which was my first big Keyforge project. Uh, what is a Keyforge adventure? I am like I'm not, I'm not even playing a bit character here right now and stuff. I'm someone who only is focused on L5R, and I might have a lot more free time where that spot might have come there. Sell me on Keyforge adventures. I mean, you're going to laugh when I say it's co-op Keyforge. Like, I'm fully serious and you're going to laugh because (laughs) I laughed too when I went straight from, hey, design a co-op version of L5R to, hey, design a co-op version of Keyforge. And I was like, I guess I'm that guy. Uh, I do have other projects that uh, I am um, throwing around on my own. Uh, I know I have alluded to them occasionally on twitter because i like to tease people uh one of these days maybe i'll have my own project but uh for the moment i'm working on keyforge and even if i wasn't even if i was working on something new and original i wouldn't tell you until it was announced anyway so that's a that's a very responsible thing to do Well, Tyler, it's been a trip, I think. Uh, boy, you know what? These interviews started with me and you. Uh, Way back what, at Gen Three, Con. four years ago? Yeah. I, I, I distinctly remember um, you were sitting there in the back of the thing. I, I don't know if anyone else had recognized you. I think, like, because I was, like, doggedly following a lot of the FFG social media and stuff. And it was like, oh, yeah, we've got a we've got a new intern here for L5R. And I was like, <laughs> hey, is that that guy sitting back there? Hey, you want to do an interview? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, I specifically remember hyping you on dueling for the sake of having a duel instead of for the sake of winning the duel. Mm-hmm. Um and here we are. How many years later and Kaiden Kikita is still still kicking everybody's butt. Still the best um i've said it before and i'll say it again it's still the best follow-through i've ever seen of dueling out of the box for ffg or for the l5r was a problem not only did you kind of correct it uh but you're i've never seen someone hit us like babe ruth pointing at the stands like this is my design goal and you just whacked it out of the park there uh i have every assurance that had this game continued you would have took it to some really great heights I Honestly. very much appreciate that accolade. 
And um, I am a thousand percent more likely to look at a future game that has your name on it. I'm going to be honest, it's not uh, Keyforge. (laughs) Not taken. I didn't design Keyforge. (laughs) I'm simply making alternate versions of it for the moment. Fair enough. (laughs) uh, Any final words you want to say uh, to the audience? No, uh, as you, just the, as, you, as you take L5R I, in the back and put a bullet in it. What's that? As you take L5R in the backyard, put a bullet in it. Oh, don't be so dramatic. I was in this exact position. I'm a crane. How ago. can I not be dramatic? <laughs> I was in this exact position a year ago. Uh, yeah, um, I'm I'm excited to see what uh, what the fans uh, make of the game. Um, on a personal note, I just published a, a short story for uh, for L5R and. Uh, I have another one coming up in the near future. Um, so that's been nice and fun. And I'm I'm grateful that I have been able to also stretch some of my writing muscles uh, getting to work on L5R. So um, I, I hope that everyone is as excited about this final event as I am. Yeah, uh, uh, this last bit of fan interaction and seeing how the story is going to wrap up is uh, um, at least something for everyone to hold out to. So uh, let's just um, see how it goes as we walk into this cold, bleak night. (laughs) Yeah, without getting any amount of specific, we had much more ambitious plans that were, as I've already said, very thoroughly scuttled by the pandemic and so this is us this is this is plan b not plan a shall we say fair enough (laughs) but also i'm very proud of our plan b's well there it is any further comment i would just i can't say so (laughs) let's just leave it at that yep all right uh uh thank you for coming here tyler and uh thanks for having me all right, uh, I'm not going to do any outros because I don't know what the future of this podcast is going to be. Go out to Court Games and listen to a much better podcast that has a future. <laughs> oh no, I don't uh, know what this. Yeah. Is, I don't know what this is going to be. Yeah, no, I fully get you. I I have seen my friends when I was on, a, you know, playing other games, be in that position. Uh, so I, I I think that you'll find something um, and. The, hopefully the process of finding that something is fun this, this is not going to be the the uh l5r co-op <laughs> podcast every week well max beat me again later uh, everybody <laughs> all right all right have a good one everyone you too <laughs>